they are a company and when they are establishing a relationship with a person, an individual, a customer, a prospect, they need to pay into, pay attention to their uh, to what they are broadcasting. And most of them are not aware that they are, they've shipped the product, but they are already bombarding you with discount. And even though they've shipped the product, they are not aware if, I don't know, if I've bought some shoes, are those shoes fitting you, dear customer, that you are at the first order with us? Nobody cares about it. What they do care about is to give you like a coupon, which is going to expire in two hours if they use it. And I think that's that's one of the main uh, things that makes me cringe. Today in Inboxing, Valentin Radu, CEO and founder at OmniConvert. All right, welcome back to another episode of Inboxing. I'm really excited about this guest. I mean, he's got a big fan base. It looked like a lot of people signed up to, to hear this. So uh, he's a great guy and he's done a lot and he's come a long way. And I'll let him tell his whole story and it's going to be great. So without any further ado, you know, please welcome Valentin Radu. Valentin, how are you? Hi there. I'm great. I'm uh, excited to be here. Yeah, I think this is the first uh, live event for me this uh, this year. So I'm excited. Really? To... Oh, this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this year because it's uh, 6th of January, right? Or... It's the 6th of January. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Because I know I'm pretty sure you've been on live programs before. But uh, yeah, 2022. This is my first live event also for 2022. So uh, thank you and uh, congratulations on being the first <laughs> of this uh, of this year. So yeah, let's just jump right into things. How are you doing? Just to start with that, you know, just in general, things are good? Well, in general, things are good, the, despite the fact that uh, my kids are uh, getting into that phase called uh, teenage and uh, ah, to, okay. to, to struggle and to cope and to <laughs> learn my negotiation skills are, uh, are crap compared to what I need to, to master. But okay. besides that, things are getting uh, are, are going well for us. We we grew a lot. Yeah. I have a great team and a beautiful family. Great. So I'm grateful. Okay, I and mean, we'll date the time here. But Omicron is is spreading everywhere. How are things in Romania with uh, or Bucharest uh, with Omicron? To be to be honest, you know, I'm, I I simply don't know. I think it's uh, <laughs> I think we we are not looking at the main conversions. I mean, the, the main conversions is how many we we survive, we're surviving, and uh, uh, not how many get infected. And uh, pretty much, I've disconnected consciously from uh, from that part of the world because <laughs> it's not helping me to look at those uh, metrics. Let's say. Okay. All right. So, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with email? Yeah, so mainly to, to give you some, a, a bit of context, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I love uh, building uh, companies. I've been a late bloomer, as they say, meaning that I haven't found my my thing for years in a row. I discovered that I love the, the e-commerce by doing it. It's like we have a saying here in Romania, the appetite comes while you're eating, you know? So <laughs> you learn to like it once the once the time goes by. So uh, basically I got into the e-commerce space and then I discovered the power of female marketing because, frankly, because of the high ad spend uh, costs. So mainly that's how I got into the, into tapping into the email part. I grew our own uh, list so I uh, I helped other e-commerce companies grew their lists. 
I uh, I've been um, into this game of attention grabbing, right? Because it's a it's a hard game to transform visitors into subscribers, and then subscribers into customers, and then customers into ambassadors. I mean, that's the whole game. But uh, the media companies are tricking us into transforming uh, their uh, users, their swipers, into visitors, and pretty much that's their conversion. <laughs> and uh, I think email is uh, is great because of that, because of uh, the fact that it's giving us the power to to broadcast ourselves as uh, as creators. And uh, pretty much that's uh, that's how I see the email space. All right. So what do you see in the inbox? What, what kind of things do you see? What kind of emails do you get that really kind of like make you upset or just like, oh my gosh, can't believe I'm still doing this? I think anything related to bombarding me with uh, a discount be- before trying out the product. I think that these are one of the most, let's say, uh, awkward hiccups that the companies <laughs> are doing because they are not aware that they are a huge company or a small company. Anyway, they are a company. And when they are establishing a relationship with uh, a person, an individual, a customer, a prospect, they need to pay into, pay attention to their uh, to, to what they are broadcasting. And most of them are not aware that they are, they've shipped the product, but they are already bombarding you with discounts. And even though they've shipped the product, they are not aware if, I don't know, if I've bought some shoes are those shoes fitting you, dear customer, that you are at the first order with us? Nobody cares about it. What they do care about is to give you like a coupon, which is going to expire in two hours if they use it. And I think that's that's one of the main uh, things that makes me cringe. Uh huh. I think it's. I think what you're getting to is like. Well, I guess when companies don't treat people like people <laughs> and like no, try to like, like treat them like cash machines, you know, like okay, let's send another email. Maybe it'll maybe it'll convert. The bigger the list, the better. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, yeah. So we'll get into a lot of that. All right. So yeah, and I've seen a lot of stuff on your resume, on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so tell us a little bit of that journey. How did you get to, you know, starting this company, OmniConvert? Yeah, we, I think struggle led me here. The first thing is that uh, I think individuals, people, human beings are are not acting if, if it's not uh, painful enough. I think even vitamins have a painkiller component. So even it's like anticipated regret what makes people to buy vitamins. So at the end of the day, it's uh, it's pain as well. So I was struggling to improve my uh, our own conversion rate at, uh, at my former e-commerce company, which was on uh, the, it, it turned out to be the largest online car insurance player here in Romania. We've got like 250,000 customers, but the ad costs were, were surging the competition got fierce and we, we needed to do something. So I, I've built uh, a conversion rate optimization platform because uh, there was nothing uh, decent in the market at that time, back in 2010. And uh, we, we built our own tool, you know. And then I got that, uh, that technology and turned it into a product because I realized that, hey, there are many people which are struggling like myself into improving the conversion rate, into tracking what's important, into surveying customers. So I've learned all these principles into uh, of the on the e-commerce and uh, thanks to that I I got into a, 
into building this company. Eight years afterwards, here I am with you. All right, great. All right, so you mentioned you're saying like you started this insurance company and then ad cost got is that is that the story? Basically, you're inspired like the struggle yeah, inspired you. Said like this is not working. Like and yeah. you know like I and I'm not the only one struggling with this. Everyone's struggling with this. So let's start a company yeah. that helped. It was um, to to be honest. In retrospective, <clears throat> I was pretty dumb, but uh, I have this principle <laughs> that we are always dumber than we will be. Hopefully. I mean, uh, I, I think that's the natural progress of life. But uh, it was a bad assumption because mostly, I don't know, there are eight years since that moment and the CRO industry is not there yet. Because they, they, it's kind of hard to improve conversion rate. You need the copywriting skills, you need the data analytics skills, you need psychology skills, you need a lot of stuff to, to make conversion rate work. But uh, I wrongly believe that everyone is struggling with the same thing. I mean, everyone is actually making something to improve the conversion rate. But on some verticals where the market was frugal yet, people were not looking at that because uh, if the ROAS was there in Google ads at that moment and then on Facebook ads, they were just playing this game of uh, acquiring customers, churning customers, getting new ones and so on. So what inspired me was my own story and my own impact because we have improved our own conversion rate by 60% in 12 months of, uh, let's say, in-depth uh, working and a lot of experiments and surveying and whatever. And I thought that if I can turn around the company's destinies that easy, then uh, I think that will work for other companies as well. So I've overestimated the technology aspect and underestimated the, the need of uh, skilled and talented uh, individuals. At the end of the day, we are not uh, worshipping uh, Mercedes or McLaren F1 cars. We are looking at the F1 drivers because that's what's happening in the CRO. That's what's happening in the marketing uh, landscape as well. Technologies are great. Some technologies are plug and play, but not all of them are plug and play. And if you want to do advanced stuff, you need the human brain just yet. Maybe in, the, in 20 years from now, we will be completely absent. But until then, we need the creativity and data crunching and uh, psychology skills because we are, we are people selling to people. Right. You can have technology showing you what the problems are, but to solve the problems, you need, yeah. you need people. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, you know, what was the most surprising thing you learned since you started working in marketing and, and e-commerce and all that? I think the the most surprising thing was that I was I haven't knew anything until I uh, I had the privilege to learn about the jobs to be done methodology from Clayton Christensen and Bob Mesta. I've actually realized that wow, it was mind blowing for me because before jobs to be done, the jobs to be done methodology. I thought that we are looking to, let's say, influence people. While afterwards, I I learned that the people are already influenced by themselves and their struggle. And all, all we have to do as marketeers is to find that struggle and to verbalize, to articulate the story of our product and the creatives according to the moment in time when someone will have that struggle. So mainly if you are marketing for a particular individual, let's say if I'm I'm now 41 and I'm driving a hybrid car, but not all the people which are 41 
are driving a, a hybrid car. So if you are targeting for individuals, if you are playing this media buying uh, companies like Facebook and Google and whatever, if you are using their targeting options, we, it's not that they are bad. I'm just saying that these are indicative. So it's not. It's a difference between causation and correlation. So what makes me buy a certain product is not making us uh, an individual which is sharing the same characteristics as me to buy that product. So for instance, I have friends which are not having kids like I have, and they are buying a sports car and they don't give a damn <laughs> about buying a hybrid car, which is too big and too, too, too slow for them. But the, the idea is that we all have a job to be done. We all have struggles and we are buying products to make progress in our lives. If for me, I can't imagine having uh, to, to get my kids into a sports car, you know, <laughs> I, I actually can't get them to, to, to fit in there because I have two of them and they are, is, uh, they are getting uh, bigger. So mainly that was the most surprising thing that I've learned about marketing. The fact that I haven't knew anything and the fact that if you don't understand the jobs to be done, buy your products. And I think it was the same for from Peter Drucker. Something like 90% of the companies don't know why their customers are buying. So they don't know what they are selling, right? And they, they don't know why people are actually making the decision to, to say today is the day that I'm going to, I don't know, ask for a coat to buy this product, that software or that particular product and i've made since then i've made a lot of uh, research by using the jobs to be done methodology and it was eye-opening for me over and over again i i was surprised about the findings over there and i i think that's the most uh, surprising thing for for me all right you definitely just gave me uh, uh, some reading material because yeah. i'm not really familiar with this all you know jobs to be done i'm just uh, yeah we actually right have uh, i've been so amazed about it because uh, that we i teamed up with bob mesta and i got him as a professor in our cvo academy so mainly we have a whole academy around improving the customer lifetime value in e-commerce and i've inviting invited him and he said yes so he has a module teaching jobs to be done to our to our audience that's amazing. All right. So what do you love so much about email marketing particularly? Well, the the best thing is that it's free. Free, it's in your control. So we've been all trapped. I mean, if we are, uh, let's say, seasoned, not to say old marketeers, <laughs> into that moment when we, we used to play the Facebook game of having a page, you know, and it was, I used to have two Facebook pages for, for my online car insurance company. We had something like 250,000 uh, fans on one of them and 100,000 on the other. And uh, at some point, we, we were focusing all our marketing efforts towards building that Facebook page. And uh, it had the same weight. I mean, we had a lot of engagement, we had a lot of views, but at some point, Facebook said, no more, you have to pay to play. So... You can't get that with the email marketing. So I think the first thing is is that it's in your control. Another thing that I uh, that I like is that uh, it's uh, it's not like a public arena. So you are doing hiccups. Like I remember a lot of hiccups in in my history. Like uh, one former uh, marketing guy from our end dropped the ball once, and then he said sorry, dropping the ball again. So <laughs> with this with the we are sorry, email, he dropped the ball again. So <laughs> but the idea is, is that you're getting this type of, uh, even though you, if it's 
it's one to many, but then it's one to one. You know, it's not like a public arena. So, so that's uh, that's another thing. And uh, the the first thing is that it works. It's it's efficient. I mean, we it's so great to nurture uh, an email list and to to have this feedback and to have the impact in uh, in other people's life. And I think email is not a sales tool, but it's a communication tool. So as a company, uh, unless you don't forget that, I think you're on the right path. All right. So what do you do in your role, you know, as CEO, founder at OmniConvert? Well, my job is to inspire people to team up with uh, with me, to educate uh, the market towards our, our category. We are uh, strong believers in customer value optimization as a category. We think that uh, for too long, the marketing was too much about acquisition. And we haven't got marketing managers, we got spending managers. All they were doing was spending money on ads, on that, on that. <laughs> and I think the uh, that's the, the, let's say, mission that I, I've assumed to educate people, to educate the market around customer value optimization and to, to craft this, this new category, this endeavor that takes into account the whole customer journey. So it's not only about acquiring customers that never come back. It's also about delighting customers so that they become your promoters, your ambassadors, your evangelists. So unless we, we don't see the big picture, we are just shooting in the dark. So there is a methodology around this. It's called CVO, and uh, I'm I'm doing this. On top of that, I'm trying to let's say uh, build the team to handle the, the the vision and to 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 go on with with the company. It's like an ultra marathon. I mean, I mean, entrepreneurship is like nobody can warn you what are what are the challenges when when you sign up for this. And even though this is my fourth company already. It looks like I'm never learning, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a bit, uh, I don't know, it's like uh, I'm doing it to myself on purpose, you know, because I know that despite the pain, despite the challenges, the growth is there and it, uh, it, it appears. So I can't imagine how would I be as an individual and you can't A-B test in life. I can't imagine how would I be without being an, uh, an entrepreneur. So mainly... That's that's what I do over here, and uh, I'm having fun by growing uh, growing this company, teaming up with uh, my teammates, and pretty much uh, enjoy life while, I, while I'm aging. <laughs> Sounds great. All right, so let's see here. You know, what are your top tips? You know, things to keep in mind. You know, I guess for for the new year, as if things changed so much from last year. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> number one, you need to focus on collecting data because nowadays you you we have these iOS updates we have this lack of uh, proper tracking so you need to collect data in advance so and what i mean by in advance i mean while you are uh, having your people your your subscribers subscribing to your email you need to collect this type of uh, zero party data and then you need to use zero party data in the way you communicate or your you position your uh, your product and your service. If you're not doing this, you're doing yourself a huge, let's say, you're putting yourself in a in a disadvantage because it's so easy to collect this kind of data. And this data is way more effective than looking in Google Analytics or in your email service provider to, to, to look for what you need to provide. The second email tip 
is is around providing value. I mean, folks, it's it's all all about helping people progress. That's why we are here. That's why you're watching this. It's about making progress and what kind of progress your audience is willing to make. What kind of things are struggling them? Because once you understand that, you'll be there. I mean, the technicalities are not that important while you 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 get the value right. The third tip we are using for, I don't know, more than 10 years, a method called RFM, recency, frequency, and monetary value. So if you have an e-commerce, for instance, you can use RFM to become way more relevant to your audience because as an e-commerce company, you are establishing thousands of relationships with individuals all over your market, right? But they are in different positions and have different relationships with your company. So with RFM, you will end up having customers with with a high recency, with a high frequency, and with a high monetary value. We call them the soulmates or the super consumers, right? These are your best customers out there. And you don't want to talk with them as you are talking with new customers or customers that you want to reactivate. You don't want to bombard them and annoy them. And also by using RFM, you will have ex-lovers, like customers that used to be like the first ones, but they are not there. So communicating with them according to the relationship they have with your brand, that's going to be completely transformative for uh, for your email strategy in 2022. The fourth tip is around, let's say, becoming relevant. So if you can't provide value because you haven't done your homework and you haven't collected the data and you haven't done the qualitative research, at least do the hygiene part right. And the hygiene part means don't overlap your company journey with your customer journey, right? So don't mess them out. I mean, it's not about what you want to get from that email. It's also what you are giving because it's this rule. I, I, I think since the Bible was written, right? You always get what you give or do for the others what you want them to do to you. So it's, it's this simple thing. If you are not relevant and if you all you are looking for is revenue, so if you are hypnotized and obsessed about what you're getting, you're not going to get too much. If you are going to be focused on becoming relevant, that may mean to also understand what kind of data you want to use at this current moment. So you need to work more like a, like a movie director, like focusing on, we have a new customer. What do we want to tell at this step? We have a new customer that has not bought in the last three weeks, but our purchase cycle is that people are buying coffee every two weeks. So let's send them an email, which is relevant, not get discount. Because if people are not consuming your product, how can you buy again a product that you you, you still have it on your shelf? So that's around being relevant with your email. And uh, my fifth advice, let's say, or tip, is around blending email with other channels. I think it's uh, it's important as you are like a movie director to to understand what kind of other touch points can you use like SMS or Facebook remarketing ads or whatever or website experience for customers which are in in this type of uh, relationship with yourself. So because if you use the power of email with other channels as well, then you will be able to 
to come up with a working strategy because we all know that everyone is bombarded with messages, with ads everywhere. Everyone is spending, I don't know, my, my kid, which is 13 years old, he has something like <laughs> 11 hours of screen time every day. So we need to, let's say, diversify the channels. We can't do only email. So that means orchestrating customer journey, which makes sense on all the touch points. And that may mean to also come up with an alignment between the departments within your company, or that may mean to align the agencies, the email marketing agency with the performance agency. These are things that need to be done right now in 2022. Yeah, that was a great answer. Email marketers who run high-volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize, and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hilloberg.com OnGage and discover what OnGage can do for you. There's someone watching the show from LinkedIn, Ben Kazinik, and he's got a question. Where would you go to hire the best marketing talent? How do you go about hiring email marketers? Well, that's a great question. And uh, I, I think this <laughs> is uh, this is something that I'm struggling with as well, because it's uh, it's a never-ending story to, to find the right, uh, the right people. It's not about the best ones. I, I, I guess it's not about the best ones, but the right ones. Because the, the idea is to have the right people at the right place. What I would do if I were you, I would, uh, uh, besides going to, uh, I don't know, things, uh, finding out places where you can find those type of uh, individuals like online geniuses or other communities, besides that, what I think is, is that you need to act more like a media company. The, the best people, the talented people, the right people for your company are looking to identify themselves with the path of your company. So you need to, to, to come up with an approach that allows you to reveal who you are and what's your vision as a company. And uh, the balance right now, I remember that I was hunting for jobs, you know, and uh, the, the balance was the employers were having the power. Now the employees have the power, right? And if the employees have the power, then you as an employer, as a company, you need to to provide value. So, if uh, if I would uh, if I would need to hire an email marketer, I would uh, a go at the right place. Second, position myself properly, and third, come up with a with a way to broadcast myself as a company and to make them identify with with the path of uh, uh, that the company has. And also, maybe uh, you can do something more than the boring job description. For instance, one of my uh, tasks for this quarter is to is not to to build the resumes, you know, the 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 job descriptions, those boring JDs like we've been we are doing that, we need that, these are your responsibilities, but to simply talk with the future employee that I will have on that position. So, I will I will do this type of videos 
to to be able to hire uh, the right people for for our company. All right, um, he's got two more questions, and the third one's a quick one. But, okay, but um, <laughs> what's the best way to go about upgrading a template? I'm you know I think testing. I would say right. I mean, yeah. And um, and should if you're doing B two B marketing, you should use Mailchimp or you, there's a lot of other tools out there. I wouldn't recommend Mailchimp for that, but. Yeah, you also I, use Mailchimp. yeah. I think it's um, <laughs> first you need to to test. Always be testing, right? You, you there are zero chances that from the first attempt you found the most performing email design template. So that means gradual, gradually testing. If you don't have enough subscribers, that's going to be tough. If you have enough, that's great. If you don't have enough, focus on the right things because you you can't do everything at the right time. So one of the lessons that I, I've learned throughout my career was to focus on the right things at the right time, which means not all the... It was that story from Andre Agassi. He started to win uh, championships when he started to give up on the balls which were virtually impossible for him to catch because he realized that not only he's not going to score... But he's always also going to be frustrated and have a bad energy for the next ball. So uh, you need to pick your battles in uh, in a nutshell. So that means maybe it's not the right moment to upgrade an email design template if you don't have the, the, the right amount of people to get to statistical relevance when you are doing an A-B test. And uh, a B2B marketing company should be using any kind of email tool. There are a lot of, out, uh, uh, out there. I personally think that the simplicity and uh, getting the job done is more important than the brand. There are a lot of a lot of tools we are we are now using um, uh, Musend and HubSpot. We've used the uh, Active Campaign, Get Response, a lot of them. I think the difference is not in the in the tool, but in the creativity and the strategy that you have. Okay, all right. And then yeah, you just was a little confused. You mentioned zero party data. Yeah, zero party data. Yeah. <laughs> data that. Uh, the visitors, the individuals are giving, are intentionally sharing with you. Like, what's your size? 41. If I have an, uh, an e-commerce selling shoes, that's going to be a fantastic tool for me to have, hey, we have 41, new 41 shoes in, in stock. See, see what you like. Because that becomes way more relevant for them. Or if you are selling, uh, I don't know, toys, and you found out that you have someone which was subscribing and she's a mom and she has a, a daughter which is seven years old. That's fantastic for your email marketing campaigns. You can do, I don't know, you, it's not about doing uh, email lists for every age or every whatever, but you can do toys for girls and toys for boys. So mainly that's what zero-party data is. All right, back to the program. All right, so what are, you, what are the biggest mistakes people are making? Well, I, I guess I've touched this uh, subject in a bit uh, earlier, but uh, lack of relevance is the, the, the first one and the most painful. The second one, lack of relevance can be solved by using zero-party data and by consciously crafting and orchestrating sequences that are taking into account the relationship between the company and the individual. The second uh, email mistake, uh, I think it's uh, is lack of, of value. Another one could be not doing A-B testing enough. Another one could be not focusing fantastically on the subject. I think subject is the door, right? If you don't handle, if you shipping a house with doors that have no handle, that you, you nobody can get into that house. So subject is fantastically important. So you need to take into account to keep it compelling, to keep it short enough, to be relevant because 
look in your inbox. You know, I have I, I have uh, got rid of the attempt to have zero inbox. Not I gave up. That's it. <laughs> I can't do it. Congrats to everyone that could, could do it. Mm-hmm. I can't. So I have twenty six thousand emails. I can screen share. <laughs> I can share my screen to show you twenty six thousand unread emails. And I'm always scrolling. I get. Uh, I'm getting. I was. <laughs> G Suite, I have something between 150 and 250 new emails every day. How can you make me click on your email if your subject line is not standing out from the crowd? And uh, I think that's uh, that's a thing that you you should be doing. There's a great thing I I can recommend to you. It's called there's a guy called Jay Abraham. He wrote something like 10,000 subjects from newspapers and you can use those type of templates with anything you are selling you know and there are it's not about what they were stating there in the newspapers it's about how you do a compelling subject line right so the idea to attract to to grab the attention of the of the subscriber is to 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 make it compelling and these people i mean from hundreds of years they they were using these attention grabbing techniques to craft their articles in, in the newspapers. And this guy collected 10,000 of them. I've, I've personally used something like 100 of them for all the subjects that I'm using. And I'm just rephrasing with things that I, I try to communicate. Like, and it was, uh, there are all sorts of uh, ways to, to craft a subject. Like, uh, is this the end? Question mark. Why blah, blah, blah is not working. Or all, all, all sorts of uh, mechanics that will allow you to, to get creative into crafting uh, great subjects. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great, uh, it's a great tip. <laughs> We're talking about mistakes, but yeah, so bad, bad subject lines. Uh, anything else? <laughs> well, I guess, um, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing else uh, gets through my mind, but I think it's all a matter of, uh, let's say, being, oh, that, that, that there is another one, being hypnotized about things like uh, CTRs and opens and the uh, number of subscribers or unsubscribe rate. I don't give a damn about unsubscribe rate. And why? Because I don't want to bore people with my content. I want the right people. If I can have 1,000 people which are engaged and they are 1% of my list, that's that's great. If I have 100 of them which are not engaged and they are opening then mainly it's all, it's a numbers game, but I'm subscribe rate is not showing you, it's indicative, but it's not showing you if you're doing the right, uh, the right job. So basically, initially I was always deceived about, oh, 0.12% unsubscribe rate. Maybe I shouldn't be emailed them anymore, but hey, <laughs> emailing all of them, you are losing the other 99.88% of your email subscribers, which if they are not unsubscribing, that means they still have faith that you can provide value to them. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. You you know, you get jobs with companies and you're like, yeah, no, I don't think we should send that email. It's too many emails this week. All right. So how do you see email changing? I mean, I think we've gone through a few changes in the last few years, but as it keep progressing like this? Well, I have uh, I have this uh, vision that email is going to be become blended somehow in the overall strategy, which should be data driven for for any company. So, if you look at these silos, if you look at the, the companies that are having, oh, these are the guys from the email team, and the email team has their their KPIs like. Uh, 
uh, open rate, uh, subscribe rate, whatever, and revenue. And they are being responsible for mm-hmm. the revenue. However, the promotion team or the, the team which is doing handling the pricing or the assortment, if it's an e-commerce, or the team which are doing is doing the ads, that's a separate team. And they are not communicating with each other. I think this, this is a huge mistake because uh, the, the company mu- must work must be integrated first and you need your efforts to be targeted towards the customer. And now, as we are seeing a lot of competition in the digital space, let's say it uh, broadly, we I was looking at some statistics like 44% of all the e-commerce company uh, websites, which are live right now, were launched in the last 12 months. So mainly that, that means the competition is fierce. Wow, it's incredible. E-commerce is here for 20 years and 44% of the players just started this game of e-commerce. And basically, that's why uh, I, I'm I'm building a, a project for, for this uh, quarter called How to Play the E-commerce Game because there's so much noise around that. But getting back, I think it's uh, uh, what you need to do is to align everyone towards a common goal and the goal must be the satisfaction or customer delight. If you are not delighting your customers, you're going to lose them. And if you lose them, there are, I don't know, 200 other competitors <laughs> every single day for, for the products that you're selling. It's, it's not a shortage of places from where you can buy stuff. You know, this phone, I can right. find it. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, there are a lot of competitors. So if, if you don't have a mindset that takes into account the fact that email is a part of the nurturing, email is a part of the communication, email is a part of the relationship that your company is establishing with your customers. And if you don't, first, if you are not using it properly, and second, if you if you are not, let's say, aligning it with the other channels that you're using, you're not going to be in the, the market. And I think this is going to touch the companies and also the agencies as well. I can't see in five years an email marketing agency which is not data-driven. So that means you need to understand data analytics. You need to understand copywriting. And while you're there, you also have some creatives, right? And while you're there, you need to align the ads with the emails because you can't say something on the email and another thing on the ads. So that means I, I see clusters of agencies working together and teaming up to acquire customers and to make them thrive. And also I'm seeing uh, the space of agencies being more consolidated. I'm already, we already saw that, that there are these kind of uh, aggregators, you know, agencies which are, have the strategy, they have the performance arm, they have the creative arm and so on. So that's how I see email changing in the, uh, in the next uh, years. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned like the light, you know, that like, you know, so many companies and like, I think the best examples our companies that sell like a one product or two products and they're just like every email is interesting in some way, you know, like I'm making you laugh, they're being silly, they're being funny, they're being personal, you know, just, just as a joy to open those emails. And when you want that thing that they're selling, you know, you, you'll go back to them because you like them because <laughs> they, they delivered to you and they delighted you. Anyway, so what are your proudest email achievements? Well, one of the first ones was that I've been able to build a, a significant email list. We got to something like 30,000 people. And uh, then we purged. I'm a big fan of purging the, the, the database, by the way. I don't, I don't see any reason why you should be emailing people that don't say anything to you in the last, I don't know, six months, 12 months, whatever. And uh, so that's one. 
And the second one is that uh, after postponing the moment when I'm personally writing the weekly newsletter for years now, I've been into this uh, strike of writing the company's email every single Thursday. And it worked. I mean, it's uh, while I'm building the company, while I'm doing a lot of things, <laughs> BNL, investors, product uh, strategy, whatever, hiring. I'm also, and I, I find it enjoyable because it's it's disconnecting me from the other other parts. And uh, being a CEO is kind of, uh, let's say, demanding and boring at some point, because if all you are seeing every day are numbers, it's not that fun. So you need words as well. At the end of the day, if you... If you consider that I had this realization at some point that we are chasing these numbers, these goals, uh, 20,000, 2 million, 6 million, 24 billion, whatever. But at the end of the day, what it's uh, making us fulfilled are the words coming from the ones that we care about, are not numbers, you know, because once you hit that number, that's it. It's gone. Uh, all right. Yeah. And there's someone else. We don't know who it is, but probably she just mentioned back to email mistakes. Uh, she's just mentioning that, you know, she can't stand it when like, she's a new mom and she's getting product, you know, she gets an email that's just for everybody, you know, like it's not taking to like, you know, yeah. companies that she's bought for, especially new, new mom kind of stuff, products should know, oh, ring new mom, send her yeah. stuff for new babies <laughs> and, yes. um, and things that the, a new mom might need. This is the zero party data. So that sure. that's, that's why you need to collect intentional data that the customers are sharing with you. And it's not a problem if you're, instead of having a, I don't know, subscription rate of 4% with the crappy stuff, you know, I mean, just email address because less fields is better for the conversion rate. Maybe it's better to have 3% with people that are actually getting, sharing this information with you knowingly because at the end of the day, they know that this type of information is going to be use, usable for them. And uh, this type of, uh, after the GDPR frenzy and whatever, I think we are all looking to get relevance in our lives because time is so short. We are so bombarded with crappy stuff from all over that uh, we are now knowingly sharing what, uh, what we do know that is going to ease our lives in the future. All right, so what are your favorite brands um, in terms of email? And, and you see their emails, you love opening them. And yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, so um, there are, uh, there are these uh, fine direct-to-consumer brands which are doing the right thing in terms of entertaining, like uh, Kotopakshi or uh, Chubby's shorts or uh, Pit Viper sunglasses. These are, these are because they're, and it's not only about the email, it's about the whole branding. And I think this is an important aspect. Email is a channel, but you need the voice first and then to orchestrate and to, 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 to use that voice across all the channels consistently. Otherwise, in the e-commerce space, I think it's, um, uh, there's, uh, there, are, there are a few people which are doing the right thing, like uh, Rick Watson on the strategy side. Also, Michael Lorenzos has a great, uh, great newsletter about uh, about e-commerce. So there are there are a few, and of course HBR, which is the bible, let's say, in terms of business strategy. I'm always enjoying uh, the, that that content, and uh, I think the creators, the good creators, will uh, will thrive in the uh, in the future. 
All right. What are your favorite email campaigns? You know, that like something you remember, you get that email and you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. Yeah. So um, it's a one-two punch that I got uh, a few years now. So it, it was, uh, I was looking for a, an education program and I got this from uh, from section four and um, it, they, they sent me an email. Section four, it's made by Scott Galloway. Which, by the way, has has great emails as well. You and and a great YouTube channel. And uh, they got this type of zero party data from me. They knew what I was after. And uh, it, it was, uh, are you gonna wait until tomorrow? It, it was like an email, and it was uh, it was the first email. And the, tomorrow they they've said no more waiting. And it was like I I, I love that, and I I recall that because it had this uh, flavor of. Uh, one to punch. It was nothing, no call to action in the first email. It was like, okay, they got my attention. They knew what I was uh, after, but they haven't gave me anything. And then they re- revealed what uh, what I could do for uh, could do with them. So uh, yeah, pretty much uh, that's that's uh, one of them. And uh, I I also enjoy this type of uh, any type of email campaign that shows me that that brand cares about how I feel. Uh, it, was a, it was a statistic from Nielsen that almost uh, 70%, yeah, no, 68% of the customers which are leaving a company leave it because they feel that the company doesn't care about them. And I think one of the best email campaigns that uh, you, can, uh, you can do is the post-purchase NPS email. Uh, because once you have someone buying from you, you need to... to validate with him, hey, was everything okay? And if it wasn't, of course, you need to take action because uh, not taking action is worse than uh, not asking them how they feel about it. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, uh, we've, we've reached the end. So yeah, you could just ramble. Uh, these are your final thoughts. Well, um, for anyone that's <clears throat> listening, uh, I'm going to get um, out of your life. Thanks for listening up to this point. My proposal, my suggestion for you is to, to make a resolution to grow. I, I, I've been a former poor kid from Bucharest, Romania, and I've, uh, I've learned so much on this, uh, on this path by having an, I don't know, a complicated relationship with myself. But learning is never bad for you, unless you, you, you learn bad stuff, of, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but my intention is to to suggest you that you should be learning. You should be prioritizing learning because you need this type of attitude as a disciple. You need to, to continuously be learning in order to, to thrive and in order to, to feel fulfilled. And uh, looking back now, I'm, I, I, I've said that again, I'm 41 years old, I'm at the best moment in my life. So learning, if you learn, you will thrive. If you learn, you will have cool people around you. And if you learn, people will start pay attention to you and they will, uh, sustain you and I, uh, again I think the the best let's say endeavor for this year now that is starting is to is to learn and uh, pretty much that's it if you want to learn something about uh, e-commerce and uh, customer lifetime value and the things that I'm passionate about I invite you to, to check out this thing no this thing CBO <laughs> <thing>. Academy <laughs> CVO Academy, exactly. We have eight eight uh, professors out there, a Harvard Business School professor, entrepreneurs, practitioners, and you, you'll you be able to, to kick 2022 off by becoming smarter 
so that you will look back and uh, and tell to yourself, I was so dumb two, three, four, ten years ago, like I'm doing every year. All right. All right. Thank you so much. It's been really great. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, and um, I wish you all the best. Um, and I hope we stay in touch. Excellent. Thanks as well for uh, inviting me. Uh, for sure. It's been great having you on. Um, and happy new year and to the best 2022. It's been the best year ever. Thanks for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, next week, we're talking to Avi Goldman. Avi Goldman is the founder and creator of Parcel, a coding environment uh, specifically for email developers. It's got a huge following by a lot of the top people in the industry. I see it more and more. Uh, he's a great guy and it's a great discussion. So tune in for that. And again, thank you to our sponsor, Ongage. Head to hillberg.com slash Ongage to save 10% on your first six months of Ongage. And hope you have a wonderful day.